0: Welcome to TLDR. I'm your host, Hunter Guth, certified financial wizard.
1: And your co host, Jake Webster, professional helper and real estate guru.
0: We talk with business owners, entrepreneurs on how to grow, lead, and triumph in all areas of life. And of course, how to take that business of yours and make it outstanding. are coming to you from Anchorage, Alaska, and we just wanted to give a quick shout out to our amazing recording space. This beautiful studio is here at First Right Financial. So if you are uh, interested in recording your own podcast videos, anything like that, um, check them out. Um, An amazing company. And if you want to hear from them, we have one of the co-owners on episode three. um, So check that episode out and, um, you know, check out what this amazing company is doing.
1: Just setting the mood for startup week. In hey, keeping with the theme have, of the week.
0: We have nothing going right. So. <laughs>
2: Startup, pivot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Progress over perfection yes. is is the anthem Okay, this, mm-hmm.
0: this whole thing. After many technical difficulties, we finally got this working, and we're just going to do a podcast. So um, we are here with uh, Carrie Shepard, and um supposed to be live, like I was talking about. She At 2.30. 30 It's 3.14 now. Yeah. Um, slight delays. Slight. S- S- <laughs> so Um, anyways, um, she has, um, been a big part of the startup week and I wanted to get her here to talk about all that and, um, her experiences as an entrepreneur and stuff that she's brought to Alaska and everything.
1: So yeah, just what, what is startup week? And then walk us through what the week looks like, the opportunities for people to come get connected. And is there things that are like, you were talking about the launch earlier, highlighting what, what. Mm the the big pieces are the important pieces and the consistent pieces.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well first of all, happy to be here. Hunter, Jake? Well, I think the number one thing is that just thinking about who your listeners might be, is that if you are a business owner or interested in business or financial excellence, uh there's two things. One is maybe you already have a great job and you're really here on this podcast for investment advice, (laughs) but starting up a business is like one of the best ways that you can, first of all, like create some tax shelters. That's nice. Create some tax write-offs for yourself. Um, But uh, what's amazing is what's different about startup week versus just like small business week is the focus is on innovation and scaling. So it answers the question, how can you create something that will continue to pay you when you're retired on the beach in Maui? And that's the type mm-hmm. of lifestyle that many of the startup founders are aspiring to mm-hmm. or will create for themselves by focusing on solving problems that extend beyond just their city. So it's it's so, pretty cool.
1: So are you guys talking to people or, or holding events for people that aren't just in the startup phase? They're Correct. looking to grow? I would loo- say
2: only 20% of the participants are actually like actually know what a startup is and are focused on either building or growing a startup. Mm. The rest are more people who are, they're interested in owning something of their own, of creating something. Um, Sometimes they're just investors. Mm. Um, And other times they're problem solvers who have wondered if they could monetize their ability to problem solve. Mm. Um, And anyway, so, Yeah, I'd say that's probably the other 80% is they're just here to learn about the opportunities to make money, Mm -hmm. um, to learn about the resources that are going to help them figure out what they don't know, and to find future partners and investors. And then the other 20%, like you said, are the startups that are really going for it. And mm-hmm. that's why events like the Thursday Night Pitch Fest are so exciting mm. because it's like watching a heavyweight boxing match. It's like maybe you go and spar in your local gym. You're like, yeah, one day I can land a real punch or sounds something. So fun. No, I'm so bummed. I'm going
1: to miss that. That sounds so fun.
2: And Pitch Night is like, oh, my God, this is, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be that startup and, you know, get $3 million of investment and go public or whatever. Why is
0: that, does that happen in Alaska?
2: um yes
0: <laughs> yes yeah. it does the launch comp yeah. the launch
2: company who's launching rockets out of alaska is a great well, yeah, example yeah, yeah. yeah
0: that's fair they also need like a ton of money
2: yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, can't lock a, launch a rocket for very cheap these days right no
1: so, there i i've talked to the one of the guys i have a connection with them somehow i'm vaguely remembering this and i got invited to a, like a private launch party and it was pretty cool Seeing, I mean, they are recording before and after Mm -hmm. everything that's going. It looks like NASA out there. Mm -hmm. It takes takes a lot of money to do that. Uh, Startup week, though.
2: Um, So this is uh, the annual Alaska Startup Week. This is part of an international event that was founded by a startup accelerator, which is a program that takes really neat ideas and gives them all, like uh, shrinks the amount of time it takes to start a business from two years to two months. So that's what an accelerator wow. is. It's powerful. And um, they vary in time, but that's kind of the, the crux of it. So Techstars is one of the top two accelerators in the world. And they decided to make these resources through money and organization tools and an app available to cities around the world. And so Anchorage, Alaska, along with seven other cities in our state this year, are joining 160 other cities around the world to have a focused week on startups. And have you guys ever heard of, before this week, did you understand kind of the difference between a startup and a small business?
1: Uh, I, I think I do, but I think our listeners could use an explanation. Okay,
2: sure. I only asked because I think it was really, you know, fuzzy for me when I started. I, mm-hmm. uh, this is my 20th year of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> I, really, yeah. Yeah, I, I did not think this was the path I was going to take in college, but um, it's really exciting. But And I was always a small business owner, and it really wasn't until I stumbled into Startup Week about seven years ago when I was co-working at the boardroom, which is what I consider the heart of entrepreneurship here in Alaska. Um, It's a great co-working space in downtown Anchorage. Anyway, so I was there, the Startup Week thing was happening and I was invited to participate. And for the first time I started to understand what was happening in Silicon Valley and what the potential was um, to grow an idea beyond just your little city. Um, Everything I had built before myself was a business that really was not scalable, was difficult to get investment. Mm -hmm. uh, All but one did not have a succession plan (laughs) and it would be difficult to sell. Okay. So those things alone, I was like, Oh my gosh. The other thing too, is that um, previously I had seen a niche and I'd filled it, but I hadn't really looked at what kind of solutions would be applicable, not just like um, statewide or national, but even internationally. And what it might take to, you know, make something investable. Um, I think one thing that's really helped. So anyway, so I'm kind of describing what a non-startup looks like. But I think (laughs) of startups as basically being solution-oriented, investable, scalable, and uh, with a really quick trajectory for growth. And so one thing I think that's really helped the understanding of startups is First of all, the TV show Silicon Valley. That's Mm -hmm, great. mm -hmm. There's also like a really good show on Netflix, or uh, sorry, Hulu right now called Startup. It Kind of shows the dark side. It has Mm -hmm. a really famous actor in it. I can't remember who it is right now, but that's excellent. But Shark Tank, I mean, holy cow.
1: Right. Would
2: America even know what a startup or an investable startup would look like without Shark Tank? And in fact, Startup Week actually included a Shark Tank producer a couple years ago.
1: Wow. Yeah,
2: and they got money. They got wow. <laughs> so that was really cool. So anyway, so Startup Week is really focused on that. And this is a really big deal for Alaska because this is a state that started from ambitious, entrepreneurial-minded people. Mm-hmm. Yep. But many who came to extract wealth and go home.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or many who had their families invest in them to go to the gold the gold fields, right. and never came home because they went bust and they were too embarrassed to go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some just some funny stories mm-hmm. there. But <laughs>
1: so. Golden a oil. space. Yeah. So, so what goes on during the week? Like oh, sure. just the just schedule of it. Yeah, bit.
2: absolutely. So um, we can share the website, you know, if you want to, on your podcast um, webpage. But uh, essentially it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. Uh, every single day, what's neat about Startup Week is uh, it doesn't cost anything to participate, And there's a statewide committee, and this year I'm the co-chair of it, that helps promote and organize everything so that if you go through the effort of putting together an open house or workshop on, you know, how to be an excellent investor, for example, that you actually can drive an audience. Hmm. And uh, so the variety is as you know, varied as our own businesses in town. So, for example, last night was our startup kickoff night. I invited Hunter to come and interview um, our featured entrepreneur who is going live on QVC today. So it was like a really big deal. He did a great job. Nice job, Hunter. She's going live on
0: QVC in 13 minutes. In
2: 13 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's Molly B's cookie, by the way. And uh, anyway, so in our startup week, um, you know, involved uh, featuring – Uh, entrepreneurs, having meet and greets. So some of that is just like meeting other people. Um, But additionally, right after that, there was an online panel for social entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. uh, starring, uh, I say starring, but featuring as a (laughs) panelist from the blue market, AK on SPINARD which is one of the few sustainable businesses um, in Anchorage. Um, And then uh, additionally during the day, there was like a, a free workshop on business basics um, and then through the week, it's everything from food packaging, like that granular, like ha- if you, you got a food product, how do you actually package that sucker here in mm-hmm. the state, to um, really big questions about, you know, what does the blue economy look like and uh, what kind of federal regulations are we contending with in order to grow that economy?
1: Mm. So staying a little future-minded, finding out what's going on right. in the industry, finding out who's doing what, mm-hmm. getting a little more connected.
2: Right. So, I mean, the average attendee, you know – goes to the websites, alaskastartups.co. You create your own schedule, and every single day it's very easy to just kind of like add in mm-hmm. the recipe for the success you're looking to achieve. Sometimes, you know, um, you start out thinking, God, you know, I should really go get a you know, proper accountant mm-hmm. uh, rather than trying to QuickBooks my way through this. And so you start <laughs> out going to a startup week because you're like, hey, I heard that the Small Business Development Center is doing this accounting class, you know. And then you realize, oh, my gosh, like there's a actually – You know, I've got a little money saved. There's an investing class the next day. I'm going to sign up for that. And then you look a little further into the schedule and you're like, oh, my gosh, there's this incredible conference called Accelerate Alaska happening at the Denina Center. And all of these people that I've heard about in the business world are actually speaking at Mm. these workshops. So that's kind of how your journey through startup week evolves. And then at the end, um, there's just a lot of open houses and networking events that are both online in person, yep. um, uh, to kind of round out the social aspect. So yeah, it's all of the above. Ostensibly it's a celebration of entrepreneurship in Alaska and we definitely do that. But I would say like, we're such a practical people up here that at the end of the day, people want content that moves them forward, man.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> so. yeah. And I, th- I like that you said that celebrate what's going on. Cause I I think that was what was conf- not confusing, but encouraging, really, actually, that stuff like this is going on, because people mm-hmm. don't know about it. People don't think of Alaska as being progressive and having opportunities like this.
2: Yeah, true. It's funny that you mentioned that, because speaking of celebrations, so last night it was hosted, uh, just to share a little bit about what kickoff looked like. Uh, there are seven cities, in addition to Anchorage, hosting events this week, and um This last night was a virtual kickoff party where each city was hosting, like, a viewing party where we met in person, and then we were connected by Zoom, and we got to, like, hear from Hunter and Molly. Uh, Every single city got to say hello and share kind of the highlights of the week of what they're offering the rest of the state to attend Mm. online. And just to Yeah, because it's not just Anchorage. It's not just Anchorage. It's throughout
1: how many cities are involved?
2: Um, there are eight total, and it varies year to year. I mean, COVID's been interesting because a lot of organizations that hosted things in the past have lost funding or manpower, so we actually have had more you know, um, participation in the past, but it was still strong showing, so for example, Ketchikan uh, was really fun, and um, They had a viewing party in a cafe, and it was, I mean, it was kicking. It was, like, totally (laughs) so (laughs) bad. Ours was hosted here in Anchorage by a new co-work space, co-worked by RSD, and they were so gracious. They hosted, um, I mean, we had a bartender serving really nice beer and wine, coffee. Molly B., um, her baker back in North Carolina, drop-shipped her uh, bean, oh, gosh, I'm going to butcher the name, but it's, like, a coffee infused with rum and chocolate chips cookie. That was really good. So people were, yeah, (laughs) we had some, you know, like after the event uh, when people were mingling, you know, with masks on, um, the music was rocking and it was just fun, you know? And I would say like, what's so interesting is in the past, the social aspects were important, but I will say there's like an extra, I don't know if you felt this Hunter yesterday, but there's like this extra level of joy for the people that do show up for the in-person events, just to have human connection again. Mm -hmm. Agreed.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And I think it's a really important part of just entrepreneurship and running a business is just knowing people. Mm -hmm. So it's good to be able to connect with other people. You can just see somebody who's hanging out in the corner and be like, all right, I'm going to go talk to them now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. That doesn't – it's harder to do that on Zoom. Right. Much harder.
2: Absolutely. I think one of the neatest things about Startup Week is like – I mean, again, this is – this. In Alaska is the norm, but I will say in other cities, Uh, like I happen to be in Denver for Startup Week. I was there for a conference and got to participate in some of the Startup Week things there. And people coming as they are, Mm -hmm. you know, no pretension, being totally vulnerable and just sharing what you're working on and looking for like-minded people or partners or investors Mm. um, or supply chain partners um, was actually kind of a new thing there even though I think of Denver as being very open to. Yeah. Uh, so I will say that Startup Week functions nat- or internationally like that. It's like this is a safe place to come and just grow mm. and mm-hmm. be vulnerable and, and find the resources you need or to give back. Yep. In Alaska, we kind of already operate like that, so I would say it's harder to tell the difference. But one thing I really love is that um, the organizations that actually affect policy have the money, have the resources, they show up. Mm. And for the average small business owner here, it is so daunting to figure out, like, how the heck to even start. And a lot of times people see the immediate need in the community. Um, Like, for example, uh, we were just talking before this podcast about dim sum. Uh, My mom's from Hong Kong, and I lived next to Seattle, Chinatown for 10 years. So, like, I really... I need some dim sum in my life for quality <laughs> no. of life. And uh, amazingly, there are two places in Anchorage now that serve it. So anyway, we're talking about dim sum, but maybe you notice, like, hey, nobody's doing a dim sum service. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that happen. And that's great. And there, that is a needed service, and I'm so glad there's those entrepreneurs that do it. However, there's some people that, like, they don't really have an idea of exactly what they want to do, but they know that they want to – Develop Alaska's economy, and they have that wherewithal, and they're willing to go develop something. What's so cool about Startup Week is this is the chance to actually open your mind and see where the the next opportunities are. You know, like I grew up in an oil town. I grew up in Valdez, Alaska, at the terminus of the oil pipeline, and. Uh, this is weird, but like we had a bed and breakfast, and all the decor was pipeline themed. <laughs> the pipeline
0: art. It's not weird. Not for Alaska. <laughs> it's not weird at all. No. <laughs> it was weird when I first moved up. But right. You're like, no. You, well, you paper. understand after you lived here for a little bit how important oil is. So it's the lifeblood, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every
2: night we just smear petroleum products on our face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that Vaseline. Um, no, but what's funny is like, to me, it was. That even though I grew up around oil, like I literally had, when it came to thinking of businesses that I wanted to do, I had no idea how to access the oil industry. And even though I would like read reports and sit in these economic report luncheons, at the Petroleum Club, I still had no idea how to access it as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And what's so neat about, like, especially, you know, major shout-out to Accelerate Alaska, which um, founder Ross Johnston created because he was just tired of hearing people talk about it. He was like, let's start plugging entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. in and policymakers and funders together. Anyway, um, is that... When you just sit in a couple sessions, you're like, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. I want a job. I need to go talk to this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I have some knowledge about, let's say, like creating software as a service to help measure oil outflows in a very remote part of Alaska. Okay. Or maybe you're just like, I've got a drone and I happen to live in rural Alaska. Like, let me hook up with them and I can go inspect their their pipeline and I'll be their guy. So, I mean, those are the kind of opportunities that you get to uncover this week. And that's really exciting to me.
1: So... We're doing this on, this is going to be released, not today. I mean, I'm not going to get it out today. Okay, so today (laughs) would be Tuesday. Yeah. So people may not have an opportunity to attend what's already happened, obviously, Mm -hmm. and maybe not what's going to happen. So are there places that you're directing people during, yeah. Go.
2: Great question. Okay, so I will say the best bang for your buck, 100% is a small business development center. <laughs> um, you sign up for free, you get a mentor. I've had four um, because as I people move I just found on. them. Really? I didn't
1: even know that that was the and thing. They're I like, just got my advisor. Yeah. Oh, that's
2: awesome. great. And who's your advisor?
1: Oh, I can't remember. It's been like 3 weeks. Is I'm it trying Adam not to Oh,
2: it's No, a it's okay.
1: a, it's a, it's a lady, yeah.
2: Okay, that's awesome cuz Adam Carraway. Love him. Thank you. Um, he's <laughs> mine and really helped me like I mean, he helped through um, he helped me think through as like we were launching through uh, COVID quarantine, like launching a whole new product line. Mm. Um, I I then sold my half of the business in December. Um, And so he helped coach me through that. So anyway, just a shout out to Alan. He's great. But the first place we started is a small business development center because one, it's free. Two, they have all the templates. They understand Alaskan local law wherever you live. Mm. Um, And they, they help coach you through. Uh, Some of the biggest benefits, though, were really helping to connect you with other subject matter experts or friendly people that would help you on your way. So, for example, uh, with the event planning planning company I owned, uh, Toast of the Town, we won the bid for the uh, state of Alaska contract to be their event services provider. That was like a big deal, a big contract contract. it wasn't like a money contract. You had to go earn every penny, but it was like <laughs> amazing that, it, you know, that we got that opportunity. And then I realized, gosh, I really need to talk to an expert who knows how to deal with the state, everything from accounting to legal to navigating the bureaucracy. And um, within one week of getting that contract, uh, our advisor like set me up with uh, the IT vendor for the state and a couple other people who helped me set up all my systems in one month because you had one month once you get awarded to be ready to roll. So, I mean, how would you do that without that kind of mentorship? And also without, you know, you can pay an advisor, but, you know, or somebody else who says that they're a business expert, but dang, it's nice when it's free.
1: There, Someone said something, good coaching, you, you don't ever pay for good coaching. The best coaches coach for free. And there's something to be said for having a coach and paying for a coach, and there's yeah. value a lot of times. Not every coach is the same. But i found in my life the people that have the best, quality, authentic, helpful information, just give it away. And, and that was one of the things when Elevated Oats came through, all the stuff they were talking about that was going on in Alaska, it's like there's other people that think like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes that's, that's the most encouraging piece. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. You're, there's people that want to help, and you don't have to do it on your own. Right. You wanna, the whole uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, build a team
2: right yeah that's probably the best advice ever
1: <laughs> yeah but just in your when you're in pain because i think there's a lot of people that that started businesses because they saw a need and then the the reality of running a business and how much time and energy that takes you 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 can't start thinking outside you can't be progressive mm-hmm. you can't start looking at the future you're just maintaining and surviving and when the th- The thing that everyone says you need costs a lot more money that feels really heavy but knowing that there's a community of people that are out there in the same boat that just want to come together and connect
2: right absolutely and it's just nice to have just your advisors around you you know whatever those are so i would say that's good and the another area that we're directing people to is um for those who want to test an idea there's a really great program sponsored by the Center for Economic Development at the University of Alaska, and it's called Upstart Alpha. And two years ago, I got to be a mentor, and it was really exciting. Um, basically, they give you a stipend, and the commitment is that you um, you know you check in with the group and you have assignments just to make sure like that you're checking in. The, the goal of that program is not to produce a winning company, it's to start to understand the process of how do you actually start up and to build, like you said, the mentors and mm-hmm. coaches and advisors around you who will who you can call on for your next ideas. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. I mean, the two ama- uh, young entrepreneurs that I was working with were interested, interested in creating a community building event program. Um, and their idea completely changed by the end of the year. But that didn't really matter. Like, the joy of it was just seeing how their minds worked and... Helping them identify or think through some of the problems and realities mm. of uh, operations and marketing, <laughs> and right. uh, and it was just really fun. So that's a really great one. Again, they pay you a stipend to be in that program, so that's a really good one.
0: Mm. I'm gonna have to go re-listen to this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: now I mean, that's as I've been involved in the startup entrepreneur community. There's definitely a need to get all that information out to the right people because there's a lot of programs, different niches for sure.
2: I'd say the number one thing to do if you're a business person in Alaska, just curious about how to tap into Innovative Minds, free resources, paid resources, opportunities to connect. And the two things I always send people to is uh, Alaska Startups Group or follow the Alaska Startups Facebook page. And then from there, you can find there is a digital digest, like a startup digest, that uh, the heroic Kai Holland (laughs) puts out. um, And he's put it out for years. And just by subscribing to that, you stay in the know. Um, But you can really have conversations on those Facebook forums. It's like a safe place to be like, you know, hey, I'm having an open house. Anybody want to come? Or, gosh, I'm Mm. really struggling with the strategic plan. And then people will just jump in and help you. So. It's That's cool. awesome. Mm-hmm. It's great.
1: That I so from an outside, you guys both grew up here. Yeah, I did not. I came up, and it was it felt discouraging to me because it, <laughs> it felt like there was just this heavy culture that was really. I mean, the only one that was that was being hurt was the consumer, right? And as we've started this podcast, as we've started meeting more people. Just just seeing that community that. Like you said, I think people equate progress with the lower 48 and and those people that have come up and taken wealth and taken resources and left. Mm -hmm. But there is a large community of people that love Alaska, and they're just tired of seeing people in Alaska be hurt by bad business.
2: Mm -hmm. Or
1: the the money just gets sucked out of the state.
2: Right. The extraction. The extraction economy. Uh, you know, it's so interesting. Can I talk a little bit about one of my passion projects that's taking Please. place? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, speaking of that, so it's really weird is like, you know, when you live in a town that was an oil town, but it started out as a gold rush town, the entire – so there, the entire history of that town in particular uh, is about it being a boom-bust town. And um, mm. you can really – I mean, the history that you live – that you grow up around – In a town like that, um, everywhere you look, there are excellent stories about how um, trusting in, um, you know, a fly-by-night company that promises to invest goes wrong or (laughs) how you as a um, perhaps like a a support economy, um, like you're like, hey, I'm going to build this grocery store because there's 10,000 people in this town. And then, uh, you know, the price of oil drops. And now you've only got 3,000 people in the town, you know. So, <laughs> anyways, so, so there's a lot of really just like great lessons to be learned from growing up in a spot like that. But uh, where I was going with that is, so maybe because of that background, I, you know, once I decided to make my life in Alaska um, 10 years ago, I was really thinking about, gosh, you know, what's the kind of Alaska that I want to build? That What do I want to help build? And, of course, being a part of that community at the boardroom, these are the conversations we're having around the, the, the coffee station, quite frankly. It's one of the benefits of working at a co-work. You, you don't make small talk. You're like, gosh, you know, I was thinking the other day about – you know, how to build better schools for my children, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's like, it's a little bit deeper. (laughs) Or you're just like, God, why isn't there a hang gliding base here? (laughs) Mm. Got all these mountains, you know, so you you tend to have a little bit bigger conversations. Um, But anyway, what I was thinking about, though, from working there was about like, how do you not just bring in new talent, but how do you get them to relocate and invest here? Because remote workers, unfortunately, this, this conversation is going to the direction of remote workers, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is that um, a lot of times that you actually lose money because what happens is like the job and the company that employs them is out of state, so they don't pay any taxes here mm-hmm. in the state. Um, if they bring kids in, um, you actually end up, like the existing citizenry pays for their schooling, they, they supplement it, mm-hmm. right? Usually through property taxes and mm-hmm. other things. And then... Additionally, if they stay for two years, now they're also getting a piece of the dividend. But the normal routes of um, paying for, you know, the uh, budgets for our roads, et cetera, are not being contributed to in the normal way. Um, You could say there's a trickle-down effect because perhaps they're renting a home, Mm -hmm. you know. But anyway, so uh, where I was going with this, though, was I was thinking about, gosh, you know, I'd really like to build in Alaska that makes sense for us, but also that would attract more people? Because like you said, once people get here, they love it. And what are some of the new economies that we could help build that makes sense here? Like, we're not going to be the next Silicon Valley. We're not going to be the next manufacturing we, hub. We
1: actually, I've had some conversations with mm-hmm. my roommate who uh, is a, he works for, I, I he works for the state. That's not going to throw him under the bus. Uh, but he writes code <laughs> and, and whatnot. And uh, he he, I don't know what the kid, The limiting factors are but i don't they have large server factories Mm -hmm. which one of their highest costs is is cooling right so moving those large server bases to remote areas of alaska is not that hard i mean they could save money that brings jobs that brings some sort of economy as long as it doesn't become silicon valley
2: Right. Because Alaska
1: I, doesn't want Silicon Valley.
2: Right. Well, it's interesting. I only said that because I was like, there's other things going for it. Alaska's a hard and expensive place to live. That's the number one right. thing. Right.
1: It's very difficult.
2: Right. And, yeah, um, yeah. and that's never going to change. So, <laughs> but, yeah, so where was I, where were we talking about?
1: Um, I derailed you. Oh,
2: no, you're okay, you're okay. <laughs> I'm so visual that, like, when the picture goes away, I'm like, yeah, what yeah, are you talking yeah. about? Oh, I know. Um, I was just commenting kind of that, you know, I don't know that will be the next Silicon Valley, but there are opportunities that are natural evolutions for Alaska. Hmm. And they won't take a lot, but we have some barriers in the way. Some of them are, you know, um, policy-driven. Right. (laughs) Right. Some of those are physical barriers. Yeah, exactly. And so what I got excited about was um, that uh, now that internet and high-speed internet – Is becoming more uniformly distributed and uh, accessible in Alaska. It opens up a lot of more or a lot more places uh, to be remote working destinations Mm -hmm. or relocation destinations. And so this week, uh, there is a fantastic gentleman named Michael Youngblood who owns a remote working. I hate to say vacation because it's like travel, travel company. <laughs> it looks like vacation. He's, he just flew in from Tahiti on Sunday.
1: Wow. I know,
2: so cool, And where he led a group, and Alaska's the next destination. So mm. he is hosting a lunch workshop this week at Accelerate Alaska, and I'm excited to learn about what are the factors that he looks for in a good place for remote workers. Um, mm. But really, that's just one piece of the conversation. Um, the following Monday, to cap off Startup Week, um, an entrepreneur named Jenny Armstrong and I are hosting a roundtable discussion statewide for anybody who's interested in exploring the opportunity of bringing more talent in, bringing more investment, um, and driving more people into Alaska who are going to fall in love with it and and want to help build these opportunities that are already in the works. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, it's pretty exciting. Uh, so that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. And I think the vision that I have for it is really that it becomes... It, in the process of just making, of thinking about how Alaska can be more attractive to somebody from California, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I'm here. Right. <laughs> and I'm not there. <laughs> right. Um, I think you start to fix other problems, yep. right? It's like you focus on developing it for other people. It allows you to step back mm-hmm. and project a little bit, like to separate yourself a bit from your own problems and to, and to, uh, help solve some of the issues um, that exist that uh, make Alaska one of the poor, most poorly rated uh, states in the nation for uh, small business ownership. So mm.
1: That's unfortunate.
0: It is unfortunate. It's not a statistic I knew. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a ranking. but a Ranking, whatever.
1: D- it's not surprising, but I, I feel pretty confident that's going to be changing.
2: I hope so. I mean, I'm really curious. So what... So everybody has a story of, like, why did I come? Why did I stay? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, what's yours? <laughs> so
1: it's actually, uh, I came up, my little brother was in the Air Force, mm-hmm. and we had been separated at an early age, so it was just an opportunity to live with each other before we, one of us got married, mm-hmm. which uh, he beat me at when <laughs> he got married. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's <laughs> uh, in the Air Force, <laughs> what do you yeah. expect? Little, <laughs> I know, kidding. dude. True. And he's got... <laughs> He's, he's got, he's a pretty, he's a stud. I love my little brother. Um, But they have since gotten married and moved to Michigan where all my family is, is relocating to. And I, I moved up with the intention of living here for one year and then reassessing. And after Uh that one year, I was like, all right, I'm going to do one more year. And I was working remotely for a software consulting firm back in the Bay Area, uh, managing the marketing department. And so I was kind of looking at next steps. And um, I mean, working remote, you literally, I could work anywhere in the world. Right. It was, it's just, I have to be uh, available via Wi-Fi. So I, I was not going to stay here. And my company ended up going through some, some financial hardships. And they're like, marketing department was the first thing to go. I, I volunteered because they were not utilizing me well. And it was a large part of their budget, um, and I was pretty confident I'd I'd figure something else out, and that led me down. I was already getting licensed in real estate just from the investment side, and I ended up going into full time real estate and building my business here. And I, the the reason I stayed <laughs> is because there is so much potential in this state, and it's it's sad. I mean, I can. I could leave. I could go somewhere right. else, and I could probably get up and going faster. I don't know anyone here. Real estate is a totally relational build built mm-hmm. business, so my my relationships are down in California. The house price point is higher. I know more people. Um, so my my I'm here alone. Now. I don't have any family here. I I want to see Alaska succeed. I want to see Alaska grow, and I don't. I do not like the stereotype of uh, Cali- Californianizing another state. That's not the idea at all. It's right. I, I want to figure out how to keep Alaska Alaska and also uh, fix some of the issues. You're talking about policy. You're talking about money coming into the state and going out of the state. There's not really an opportunity for us to grow. There's not an opportunity for us to fix things and get better. And Mm -hmm. I think it starts with people owning businesses.
2: Yeah. One of the things that's really encouraging that you just said, Jake, is like that you're somebody who came, you're young, you have vision. You could be anywhere, but you're choosing to be here. Mm -hmm. And you kind of understand the give and take of (laughs) being here. (laughs) Um, But that there's this new generation that's going to breathe life into the next phase of Alaska. And I was kind of curious, have you guys heard about Alaska V3? Or AKV3.
0: No, not at all. Only by name.
2: Yeah, because what you're describing is kind of the, uh, my husband would totally use this word, gestalt. I think he uses it wrong. He's not German. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but the gestalt of, of it. Um, and it really is, uh, it's this exercise, it's this group that gathered over the last year to put down, like like have these tough conversations and inspiring conversations and Bring data into the picture um, and think about like what is the next version of Alaska? Mm. Like it started out, right, of course, um, as Alaska Native lands. Then it's invaded by uh, many different countries. Uh, then there's the gold rush, and then you've got the the next economy is really so it's fisheries and gold, and then it's um, you know oil and extractive uh, industries, and nothing mm. wrong with this, um, but uh, it's like what happens. Um, what else is next that Alaska could do? Not necessarily even to replace them, but to build alongside those industries. Mm. And uh, anyway, that has been really exciting. And one, one little tip is, I've mentioned Accelerate Alaska before. If you look at the tracks every year, you can see where there is already momentum focus, money mm. that just need uh, more awareness. Something. When you say
1: tracks, you mean literal... Railroad tracks? Oh, sorry. No,
2: I'm so glad you mentioned that. Sorry, like workshop tracks. So, for example, like there's like, you know, four different topics, you know, about – that are all about building the Alaskan economy, Um, and that's really exciting. But the economy, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you you need some money to live up here.
1: Right. And also – it's expensive.
2: Right. (laughs) And it's expensive. And that, again, it's – so it's about what can we build? What does the new Alaska look like that allows us to stay up here? And – Sometimes it's, you know, the reason I got excited about remote working is we actually already have a lot of people who are global nomads, digital nomads, I think oh, is yeah. a better term, mm-hmm. right? And now that the internet service is catching up in Alaska, uh, it makes it more attractive and doable to actually work up here. And um, and I think one thing that COVID really brought that is. Uh, opening up Alaskans' minds and understanding how to manage teams in other parts of the country or other parts of the world.
0: Mm. I mean, I
2: should say, IT professionals have been doing it for years. They've been managing teams all around the world, but yeah. it's pretty new for a That's, normal business owner.
1: People don't realize that they, they think remote work just got this big spike, which it did, but, I mean, back when I was doing it, it was 40% of the population wow. was already working remote.
2: How did you take advantage of it? Like, did you travel a lot or did it just mean like,
1: I I did travel more often than I would have. I uh,
2: Yoke I pants just on the cast. No, I
1: <laughs> so I, I I quickly realized and was actually trying to start a workspace at that time because I could see that at that point there was nothing available. I couldn't find anything, and I was just working at a coffee shops, so conference calls were really difficult. That but I had to get out. I couldn't stay at home. I needed the people. Because that was, I didn't know anyone. It was wintertime. <laughs> the wintertime was really rough when I started. So, yeah. very unique. Yeah.
0: That's a that's an Alaskan problem you have to get over if you want to live here. <laughs> the
1: dark <Great>. cold. <laughs> the yeah, dark cold, it's, yeah. It's true. But there's creative ways. And yeah. there's a huge market for, for entertaining, figuring out businesses that can bridge that gap.
0: Yeah. And no, it's dark actually cold. surprising me all the time when I, like, I used to work at Men's Warehouse. The Southside Men's Warehouse is one of the busiest in the whole entire country. And you hear that about different little, like, chains. You're like, how do we spend that much money to make, like, this one of the busiest locations in the country? Mm -hmm. country. Little Alaska, yeah. Yeah.
2: But I'm kind of not surprised because you're right. So many of our stores, it's the highest grossing. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's because it's one. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, like, in
2: Seattle, there's, like, many wins warehouses. Mm -hmm. Like, you can drive 20 minutes to the next one.
0: I guess. That's true. Yeah.
2: But I would say, you know, also you're thinking, like, how many people are really buying nice clothing? Yeah. Although this completely uh, now explains your amazing style. <laughs> right. We don't have the video to show no, it. We should post a photo. Hunter is
1: the dapperest of
0: all dudes yeah. I picked up an expensive hobby working there. Oh, yeah,
2: right. <laughs> I can totally relate to that. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because that's one thing when I moved back up here that I didn't give up. I actually am wearing the uh, the this adorable designer dress from a startup that my sister-in-law's best friend started now she my sister-in-law runs the operations it's called um clothing it's a clothing rental company out of seattle but they supply a lot of alaskan women that's cool yeah with designer threads and guess what because you know actually i don't know if you know this but in rural alaska there's almost no dry cleaning And so, uh, yeah, your wardrobe is either like you hand wash everything or you just like live in polyester. And (laughs) (laughs) that's real. Um, And actually, um, although there are dry cleaners here, like a lot of times we're just too lazy to go. So what's neat about this service, for example, is you drop it in the mail and they wash it. They don't want you to wash it and they take care of it and then they drop ship you more clothes from Seattle. So.
0: That's pretty neat. Yeah. You'll but that was one fitted. thing when I
2: moved back up here. I was like, I'm not giving up my, my, city, style. my city style. I don't yeah. care if there's this six feet of snow. Or no, it's just, just women. Mm. Yeah. I mean,
0: there's probably similar. You're
1: going to have a hard, harder time convincing yeah. a guy to do, use that service. Yeah. Right. All right. I think, is there anything more that you want people to know? I think we've covered so much.
2: Right. You know, I think awesome. it would be like the number one thing I would say is get involved. Um you know, the future Alaska, there's so many opportunities and it doesn't take a lot to figure out or to learn more about what they are. But I would say, you know, one of the, again, I'm going to just mention like our recent quarantine and COVID uh, uh, solitude. Uh, One thing that, it has given us as really some time to reflect on like what we really want to be building, how we want to spend our life hours. And I would say that if you're thinking about a change or a pivot, either as a business owner or as a worker, um, that now's the time to really start looking at the opportunities the one thing I'm excited about is like whoever jumps on these first opportunities, they're going to be so insanely successful in the state because they're at the beginning of the build. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, who are the people who had the vision to invest in the coal mines in the center of the state? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the environmental debate, but I mean, those, <laughs> those people made a lot of money, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, um, the people who had the vision to tap into the Arctic slope, you know, and drill for oil and then figure out a way to cross the entire state and migratory caribou herds and, you know, permafrost, all that crazy stuff.
0: It's an insane project if you think of it.
2: Totally (laughs) insane.
0: (laughs) Like, it gets super cold, not a lot of light, you know, really hard to get stuff there. Insane project.
2: Right. And they need to convince workers to be okay not seeing the sun directly for six months and not go crazy.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, like, okay, <laughs> putting a warehouse with servers in the middle of nowhere can't be half as hard as building a city that is consi- – yeah, just mind-blowing.
2: That's, like, sitting almost <laughs> on an ice shelf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: – I can't – I have so many friends that work on the slope and, and almost did it myself, and just – yeah. I. But that just speaks to my heart. Everything about Alaska, the hard, the gritty, mm-hmm. I mean, for whatever reason, that's just –
0: It is a state built on a lot of hard work. That's for sure. It makes me smile,
1: though. Like, there's no one. And that was one of the first things I noticed when I moved up. Mm -hmm. Man, just the caliber of person here is looking back at California. Forgive me, California, (laughs) but they're
0: just a stronger breed. Yeah. They really are. Most Alaskans can survive outside for at least. Somewhat of an extended or period of time. Like what well, yeah. I do this every day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know it was kind yeah. of funny when I don't know if you guys were big Walking Dead fans, but like when the show first came out, they had a quiz like how long would you last in an apocalypse? And like every Alaskan friend was like, You're Forever. surviving at least a year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, what awesome. counted against you though is like if you were a nice person, you're going down at some point. Uh, yeah. You won't be you able to exactly. You're too helpful. So no, but I would say get involved and then um, and 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 be bold. You know, like I said, the the people that harness these opportunities that are being revealed and talked about this week at these events, um, these are you know. It's not all about money, but I'll say these are the fortune makers. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. At least join the conversation. Don't sit on the sidelines. Yeah,
2: because maybe you just join as a worker. I mean, like, you know, we had a conversation before we went live about marketing. If that's your skill, we, we know in the state every company here needs an excellent marketer. Yeah, amen. And so maybe you join from the <laughs> side and you just ask for, uh, you know, uh, some small shares of that, you yep. know, nascent company. And next thing you know. You know, you're one of them.
1: Well, that's what I think about. uh, I think it was Tesla. There was a a gentleman that had an opportunity to keep his share. Or, I mean, you could fill in the blank Google. There's got to be people that were there that could have got in on the ground floor. And didn't. They didn't. And lost millions and millions of dollars.
2: Right. Absolutely. And then I think the only other thing I would say is um, to you know, help grow our ecosystem. The ecosystem is just a term for all of the different factors that allow a startup to not just start, but actually thrive Mm -hmm. through every single phase of its growth. And there is a lot involved. And um, so the number one thing you can do is learn a little bit more about how you can help the companies that are already here through the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one way to do that is to share podcasts like this. Do you guys want to plug it? TLDR. I noticed like in your other podcast, you're not plugging yourself. So <laughs> but
1: we plug it a little bit. Yeah. We, we, we market outside of the podcast, yeah. but yeah, yeah, if you know someone that, that is, uh, like-minded that wants to get connected with people who are talking about this topic, we're, we're going to be bringing on more of them yeah. <laughs> and we have a community, right? I would say Facebook subscribe
2: and, and share with other people because I think it's like the conversations are really where you learn about what's happening in this state. Mm. So, but yeah, that's about it. Thank so you for your time. I it's so nice that. to meet you guys. Welcome. We need to
1: have someone that runs podcasts come on and do a live podcast about running a podcast. Getting that <laughs> live feedback, uh, yeah. this is yes. We could do that. We're, we're like little sponges loving, yeah. loving every bit of this. Yeah. yeah,
0: That's awesome. I'm really glad you got to come here and tell us all about Startup Week yeah. and how to be an entrepreneur in general.
2: Right,
1: We appreciate it.
0: Thank
2: you. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, we'll see you soon.